All right, guys, got another fantastic episode of the podcast. I am so excited. This one, this topic is near and dear to my heart, and it is what the foundation of this whole second season was about, um, you know, and spoiler alert, uh, I will be wrapping up this second season. Um, this is the last interview of this season before I take a little bit of a, a hiatus. And of course, I always do the wrap up uh, episode, but that's going to be solo dolo. Um, <laughs> but this episode is with Tyler Babin. So Tyler is a YouTube personality, but most often, or if, if if Tyler was going to describe himself in his own words, which we get into um, when he talks about his career and what he does, he would say he is just a creative, a creative person, a person with a lot of ideas that wants to get them out to the world. And it is unbelievable how good he is at executing and getting out those ideas in a meaningful and powerful way. Um, I am so inspired by his content, motivated to get better um, at my craft in working toward, you know, photography and video editing. And I think the the last thing I really took away from this conversation that was so huge is that, you know, you, someone that is your mentor, you know, you know, we always picture it's this person that's twice our age and someone that, you know, we need to, to look to that has all of this life experience. And I think sometimes we need to sort of get our our heads out of that cloud of those clouds of that idea under out from under that cloak of that idea because to me and what was so eye-opening about this conversation with Tyler and 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 so many of these creatives who you know I I've been learning the art and skill and craft of photography and videography you know are several years younger than me and I think it's it's more of this like I am inspired by what they do this admiration and to me like they are my mentors despite me being several years older and I think we just have to let go of these antiquated ideas of what any role is but particularly in line with this topic and this subject you know what's the stereotype of a mentor and I think that's something that's constantly changing and evolving and you know uh, there's creators out there obviously Tyler is a huge inspiration for my work as well as these creators this couple Becky and Chris there is Peter McKinnon there's so many wonderful content creators online who you can learn from and what I find so fascinating is that if you're interested in the art of photography and videography 
you can learn so much but at the end of the day what's so special is you can take these skills that they are taking so much time out of their day and their lives and their schedules and time is so valuable to to teach us or anyone that is interested you know their audience or community and you can take this knowledge and take ideas that they give you and make it your own that's what I really think they're giving you the tools to do. Not mimic their work, but how do you take a piece from Peter McKinnon or Tyler or, you know, from Becky and Chris, and how do you put your own flair on that? And I think as I discover my own voice as a photographer and videographer, um, I just find that so special to be able to have influences and guidance to to look toward in helping me figure out my own voice. Um, So this was just such a special conversation to me. And then, you know, on the topic of rebuilding, you know, Tyler and I dive into why this is something that, yeah, it's difficult. No one's denying that, but also why you shouldn't be afraid of it. And, you know, we talk a lot about, I've been talking a lot about, and Tyler and I talk about it in this conversation. Um, he recomm- I saw that he recommended this book on his YouTube channel um, a while back, and it's called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And it's basically this concept of taking an overall larger idea of something that you may want to accomplish and just breaking it down into these smaller bite-sized little goals and it just makes it feel so much more attainable. You're not overwhelmed and you're not taxed by it. And it has just, it feels like this burden has been lifted off of me and gave me, it's given me so much mental clarity to be able to look at the things I want to accomplish in that way. And it has allowed me to be kinder to myself. So I just think it's a a wonderful philosophy. I will link the book in the show notes if that's something you're interested in. I will also, of course, link to Tyler's Instagram and his YouTube and his website. I so enjoy his work. And, you know, this conversation also got me thinking a lot about this commencement speech that Jim Carrey gave talking about his father and how his father was afraid of failing so he took this job that was safe and ended up losing that job that was supposed to be a short thing for the rest of his life and the lesson that Carrie took away from it was you can fail at not doing what you love so why not fail at doing what you love and I I will include that clip right now and then following that let's get into this fantastic wonderful vulnerable conversation with Tyler Babb and I'm so grateful for his time his energy and so many creators like him that put themselves out there that admit that things aren't always easy and it's not this highlight reel that's on social media, but so many of us continue to be afraid to admit that. And I think the more that, it's not about being negative, but just the more that we're just open about life. 
the better we can feel and the better we can connect with one another and and start to build real foundational relationships so after this clip from jim carrey's speech please without further ado enjoy my conversation with tyler babin you can spend your whole life imagining ghosts worrying about the pathway to the future but all there will ever be is what's happening here and the decisions we make in this moment which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. I'm saying I'm the proof that you can ask the universe for it. My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. And so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant, and when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job, and our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Hey everyone, and welcome to Reality by Rage. So, I started this podcast as a safe space to openly share and talk about our mental health following my own struggles with grief, anxiety, and depression after the loss of my parents. My hope was that in sharing my story, I could somehow help you feel less alone if you are also struggling. And along the way, I'll speak with experts in their field, covering everything from nutrition to going to therapy and so much more. Because at the end of the day, no one should have to suffer in silence. So let's start getting healthier and feeling better together. Take your time, but whenever you're ready. Um, is it okay if I record? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, gosh, I it, it's tough to like even know where to begin because I feel like I I relate to your work on so many levels, um, and and sort of your mindset and philosophy. And I'm just really super excited to kind of share with my listeners a little bit about your story and you know I know you've done a bunch of podcast interviews so I don't want to make you like go through your whole background but just for anyone that doesn't know a little bit about who you are and what you do would you please just share uh, a little bit please yeah yeah absolutely so my name is Tyler Babin I am a 27 year old uh, photographer and uh, more than anything I, I just try and brand myself as a creative person because it's progressively becoming more and more difficult to I think explain in like a simple terms like what I do for a living um but I I create content um that really focuses in the you know photographer filmmaker niche but I try to expand that a little bit more into um my mindset of like why I create things uh instead of just the how I create things and so um I sort of started my career in advertising in New York City um was a uh videographer and a creative director for Gary Vaynerchuk for a number of years um, and then left that to take on a creative residency with Adobe um, going on I guess a year and a half almost two years ago now and that was sort of my first opportunity to really uh, create content around 
myself and, and make, you know, Tyler Raven more of a brand than just me, like, you know, randomly posting photos every now and then. Um, and then that wrapped up in May of 2020. And then I kind of just started my career as a full-time independent content creator. So now, uh, you know, some of my days are, are consulting and creating content for brands. Some of my days are me just out vlogging my own life as I go and try to develop as a, as a creative person. Um, and then just a couple months ago, my, my girlfriend and I packed up uh, everything we owned or everything that we felt like taking with us. And we moved from New York City to Portland, Oregon to kind of uh, just explore something else and try and get like a different, uh, a different taste of life. You know, everything's changed so much in the last year. And um, yes. the, we, I think everyone has a new perspective on what they need for their mental health and how to stay creative and all that stuff. And so for us, it just made sense to, I think, get out of New York for a while. Um, and so now we're here and we're, uh, we're figuring things out every day. That's awesome. That's, gosh, that's such a huge change. I mean, going from obviously this major city now, sort of, I guess, a little more I don't know, would you say it's much more quiet or laid back? How's that kind of transition been for you? It's been interesting because I think in so many ways, my day-to-day -day life hasn't changed that much. Obviously, still spending the majority of my time inside, things like that. We're yes. luckily no longer, you know, two people and a dog crammed into 400 square feet. We actually have space to stretch our legs now and, you know, like having a car again and being able to go out and like just see a different environment. That's really, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we've been having a lot of conversations on like the things we like, the things we don't like about being in this new place. And it is, it's a lot quieter. You know, you look outside and you don't see the chaos that was New York. And I haven't decided if I like that or not yet. Um, you know, it's definitely, I, I appreciate the quietness and it's the first time that I feel like I actually have space to think and stuff like that. Um, yes. But there is, you know, the, the, the mysterious energy everyone speaks of whenever they, they talk about New York is very real. And when you come out of that environment, you, you, you feel that it's not there anymore. You don't, you don't look out the window and there's not just thousands of stories that can be explored anymore. It's just a little bit of a different thing. So um, whether or not, you know, we'll stay here forever or, or go back to New York, that's, that's all still so much in the air and we haven't, sure. you know, we'll, we'll just take everything day by day, but um it's, it's had its, its positives and I don't want to say negatives, but um, it's things that I, I'm like, oh, I miss that about New York. You know, I have those moments every now and then. So um, that, and I really miss New York City bagels. That's <laughs> yes. So, so good. Oh my gosh. Is it really the water though? Is that, is that the truth in that? <laughs> I have no idea. It's like an urban legend that it's the water, but I don't know what they're doing. They just need to keep doing it. Mm. I agree. I was very fortunate. So I grew up in the Poconos, so a little outside of New York. Um, man, and there's just, there's, there's nothing like it. Like, that's where my field trips were. And it's, yeah, I, I agree with this sort of energy. So how, how has that like shifted you? I guess I'm curious, like, creatively now, like, because I feel like when you are searching to make content or I guess even just looking to be inspired. I mean, that's such a cultural shift and environmental shift. How has that sort of like changed the direction of your art? Yeah. Um, oh, there he goes. He's in the background. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's, it's changed in ways that I didn't, I didn't predict by any means. Um, 
being in a place that is a lot more focused on, uh, I shouldn't say focus, but there's obviously a lot more nature around me. There's a lot more like scenery and things like that. All of a sudden I've gotten very into photographing landscapes, which I historically never was into. And if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have been like, I don't know. That's like what you do when you're just like an old guy into photography. Like, I don't, I don't need to shoot landscapes. And now all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm addicted to, to going out and finding new landscapes and mountains to, to photograph. Um, you know, that's something I didn't predict. Uh, I all of a sudden have gotten like really into automotive photography and architecture and things like that. And I think that, um, these were things that I was definitely surrounded by in New York. Like there was, it was there, but I, there were so many distractions and there's so much other stuff that clutters your vision. I think whenever you're in a city like that. And so um, it is being in a, in a little bit of a slower pace environment. It's given me time to explore things that creatively uh, I didn't give time for in the past. And so, um, you know, especially, I mean, obviously it's January, it's early into the year, but I, I haven't made any YouTube videos this year yet. I, I haven't even started, you know, I've, um, I'm taking yeah. more time to focus on photography and like tomorrow I'm going to photograph a, um, a car at an airport with, uh, with a dealership here, you know, like I'm just doing things that I wasn't doing a year ago. Um, but then again, I just think like everything's so much different than it was a year ago, you know? And so, um, I'm kind of trying to lean in, um, to these, uh, these interests and things that are popping up for me right now. That's really cool. I guess I, I kind of want to like backtrack a little bit and like dissect that. Cause I feel like I, I had the opportunity to, uh, do the the weirdo deep dive and catch a couple of your your past interviews and it just seems like it was it really what really struck me is like you have this very like so many people are risk averse and you know you're one of the few people I've come across your content and one of you know I, I know very few people in my personal life that aren't that way like you seem like ready to go head first feet first whatever into kind of like whatever situations next. And I know when I reached out to you, I talked about this season of my podcast being about rebuilding. And I mean, it just instantly clicked. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to talk to him about this. So what I'm getting at is I even heard you say on this past interview that like, you know, you told your parents, I believe it, but correct me if I'm wrong, like you want to do a fashion photography at first. And, and then you left to like go to New York just on an internship and, and packed up in a week, like where, I don't know. Do you know where this comes from or what, what would you like attribute that to? Cause I think that's, that's very scary for a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I, I don't know where it comes from because I, I, I love my family to death, but I do not come from a family of risk takers. I was always, I, I grew up in very much an environment of, um, you know, like prioritize safety first, like make sure that you're, you're covering all your bases and that, you know, you're never like going out on a limb for anything yeah. that just never made sense to me. Um, I think, you know, whether or not it's my, you know, this full belief that like I've got one opportunity on this earth to just like do as much as I can. And I, I'm, I'm absolutely terrified to look back on my life and, and ask the question of what if, like, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? I never want to ask that. I always try and just jump into things as much as I can. But I also think that we uh, collectively, people are too fearful of what is on the other side of failure. For me, I, I can look at those things pretty realistically. Um, when I moved to, to New York, if it all 
went terrible, I would have just moved back home and lived with my parents. There you go. Not like, it's not the best thing, but it wouldn't have been the worst thing. Like it's not going to kill me to go live with mom and dad for another couple of years. When I left VaynerMedia to take on a residency, if it didn't work, I could have just gone back and gotten another job in advertising. Like, you know, I don't, I don't look at these risks as um, these massive, massive jumps because I think that there's very few things in life that are uh, not fixable. You know, like sometimes uh, one step backwards leads to two steps forward. And so I, um, I would much rather, uh, you know, jump into the deep end often and, uh, take the the more aggressive risks because I just don't think that on the if if it all goes wrong and I fail I don't actually think it's that detrimental to my progress and future. Oh, that's 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 such a cool perspective. I feel like it's it's hard to wrap your head around that. I think I feel like it's easier for me because you know I I lost my mom in an instant and I know that like that's it like. You're not here. It's so easy for me to like wrap my head around that concept. But I think, you know, kind of what you were getting at a little bit is like society, like it's hard. It's hard. And thankfully, if you haven't had a loss like that, which I never want anyone to, it's really hard to kind of conceptualize or like reason. I think we like to reason with the like more conservative side. Like, so it's it's so interesting to me that sort of you've built your mindset around sort of the opposite of like reasoning with risk like I find that very very interesting particularly like since you said like you know you love your family but that's not kind of the background you came from yeah and I think um I think that often and I don't know maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong but the this fear of things not working out mm-hmm. is way more of maybe an insecurity about what people are going to think about you that you failed versus you actually caring that you failed. I think mm-hmm. everyone is so terrified to take a step backwards or to, to lose what you've built, um, you know, in the chance that something bigger could come along. And I don't know, I'm just maybe in the sense that I, didn't, I don't have like a huge network of friends. You know, the, the people whose opinions really matter to me is a very, very short list. And those people's opinions are not, uh, based on my Instagram followers or what project or what brand I'm working for. Like they're based on just like, you know, love and family and all that stuff. And so, um, I don't think that, uh, any of the opinions I actually care about care about the the business or the work side of things. And so that gives me a lot of permission um, to kind of attack things in a, in a different way, I think. Mm, I, I love that. And that kind of leads me to like what I wanted to talk about next a little bit, which is sort of, you know, in, in the space that you're in, you know, as a content creator, a YouTube personality, you know, this, this sort of, I don't, this like aspired to career for, so many millennials I think one of the things that can get so and and I guess just social media in general is one thing I'd love to kind of cover with you because I think I look at it twofold where it's like it's this incredible space to share your work to get connected like I never would have had an opportunity to connect with someone like yourself like without sort of social networks and on the other side of that though, it's sort of, it does, it makes you feel like embarrassed or your work's not good enough or 
you know, what's this rando on the internet going to say about your work? So I, I guess, how do you sort of protect yourself from that or build yourself up mentally? And, and I guess sort of real quick second part of that, like, I'm sure you've had projects or things you wanted to do, just unfortunately, not go your way. And I think for a lot of creatives, and you know, someone like myself, who certainly would aspire to do the kind of work in that field that you're doing one day, you can get, I don't know, just really discouraged and feel like you're not getting anywhere. And you get up and you work 16 hours a day for no money. And you're just kind of like, what are you doing? And it can just feel like this bottomless pit. And I digress. So let me stop talking about my own life. But no, like, how do, how do you sort of balance that? I just I find it very difficult. I don't know. Um, so for one, I think I'm learning in a in a painful way that this is not a this is a lifelong uh, journey and experiment. Um, you can't think that there's going to be one book that you read or one talk that you hear that will change everything and fix that mindset. It is, it is a long, long game. And mm -hmm. I think it's also really important to recognize that even the people you're looking up to are going through the exact same stuff that, that you likely are. I'm in a major funk right now. Like there's, I'm, I've like been buried for the last two weeks on just thinking nothing's clicking. YouTube's mm. not clicking. Instagram's not clicking. The podcast isn't clicking. Like things are just feeling off. Um, and I've been insecure to like post content and this is my entire life. My singular job is to like continue this path. It's what I get paid for. It's why people want to like have conversations like this. And I'm banging my head against the wall, trying to like deal with that pressure too. So I think, um, I think a lot of times it can feel like there's a spotlight on you and you're the only one who's not feeling this pressure. Um, but so many people are. And I think anytime you're pursuing a creative endeavor, uh, there's a lot of pressure and insecurity that comes along with that, that you have to be able to work through. For me, I think one, I'm, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself, especially given the last year we've all had and how opportunities have changed and shifted. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's okay that I'm not creating at the peak of my life right now. It's okay that I'm trying to more sort of take care of my own mental health and build up that. Uh, I've been using the word foundation a lot, like build up your own foundation and uh, the, the type of work you want to be making and what you want out of your work. I think whenever um, you start developing, uh, you know, an audience and things like that, you know, there's, there's these questions that I find myself asking all the time, which is, me creating art is no longer just about what I want to create. I'm also, I'm creating for an audience that has expectations and things they want to see from me. And so finding the balance of what are the non-negotiables? Like what do I need out of my own work to make myself happy and to be able to sleep at night versus also like, what does, what does the audience want? Like, what do they want to see? Because I have to, uh, you reach a point where you have to play the game. Like I always refer to it as the YouTube game and that I have to make things I want to make, but also I got to make things that are going to perform well because ultimately um, performance of content is what allows me to put food on the table in a lot of ways. And so, sure. um, you know, it's, th there is no, uh, well, there's no one line that I can say here that will give you that foundation. It's something that you have to kind of explore. Everyone has to explore for themselves. Um, but for me, I, I, you know, read, taking walks, uh, spending a lot of time uh, becoming friends with myself, which is a weird one to say, but um, mm. I think 
uh, we can often become our own worst enemy and stand in our way the most. And so if you can uh, become friends with that voice in your head to work together towards uh, progress and into a better future, then um, you won't be the thing that stands in your own way. And that's something that, you know, every day is something I'm working through and struggling through and I'm still finding my footing, you know? And so um, anyone who's listening to this and is maybe feeling that, that pressure or feeling things aren't clicking, you're not alone. It's all a phase and it's going to come in waves. I mean, I'm sure that maybe the next six months will be a perfect run for me. And then in the fall, like something else, it'll just not, it won't work again. And I'll like have to re-engineer and rework things. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, you have to recognize that um, these things come and go and that there isn't, there isn't a spotlight on you the way you probably think. Everyone's focused on their own thing. Everyone's working on their own stuff. So um, mm-hmm. if you take a week off or two weeks off or a month off of like doing whatever your thing is to like reset yourself, it, no one's sitting in their room like, ah, I can't believe they're doing that. Like everyone's focused on their own thing. So um, make sure that that you're doing the things for you. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I, I appreciate your vulnerability. I feel like it's hard. It's hard to talk about that. Like, especially with social media, it's very easy to talk about our wins. And I, and I think it can just create this toxic environment when it's, it seems like everybody else is winning and you're not, you know, it's like, we're in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) besides Amazon. Who's really winning right now? Like it's, you know, yeah. Uh, it's funny you say that um getting out of the the highlight reel you know flow that we're looking at constantly is difficult and there's been you know pre-covid times I, I pretty much traveled full-time I was like you know filming with with big people and all that stuff and now like a lot of my life is pretty boring for the most part. I mean, I, I wake up, I come to my office, I, I work all day and then I like go sit on the couch and watch movies with my girlfriend until we go to sleep. And that's basically my day, like weeks I love it. on end. Um, yet I, you know, I have friends that I follow on Instagram who are living their best life and they're like on a beach somewhere. And that's, that's fine. Like everyone can have that, but um, you know, recognize that people are showing you, point zero 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 one percent of their life and they're curating it to the nth degree so um you're probably a lot similar to all these people than what you think and everyone's going through a different thing some are just working harder to make it look like they're they're killing it no yeah i i agree i just think it's like you've got to you've got to be gentle with yourself i think that's like one of the things that particularly like I feel like us as millennials or I guess myself an elder millennial like you really like you yeah I guess like you 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 struggle with like those those expectations and I feel like our struggle is very different from our our parents like I think we're sort of dealing with our own sort of hits that we're taking whether it's you know economically or kind of what's going around on around us politically social whatever's kind of giving you that anxiety and obviously again um you know with the pandemic i think it is very hard to like try to thrive right now i think it's about just trying to find balance um and you said something really interesting if 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 you don't mind diving a little deeper i love this sort of becoming friends with yourself because like i've noticed like from the start of when we were quarantining I was like wow like I 
am also very boring. Like I like doing puzzles. I like to sip on whiskey and listen to jazz and like, I'm, I'm pretty boring. So like, have you figured out like some things like, I guess, you know, you started kind of sharing a little bit about landscape photography, but like, are there some fun things like new hobbies or, you know, are you watching more content? Like, like, you know, like movies or shows or like kind of things that you've kind of discovered that you've liked, like becoming friends with yourself. I love that. Yeah, I've gone through a different, uh, a lot of different phases throughout kind of like quarantine life. Um, mm -hmm. I went through like a few weeks where I went really deep into drawing and trying to like connect with that part of myself. Um, cool. A few weeks where I went really intense into like learning music production. I, I have this uh, obsessive uh, fascination that will probably never come uh, to fruition, but that I will mm. produce every song that is in a video of mine. Um, and so I'm always kind of like working on those things. Uh, definitely. I think everyone's probably content consumption is up. I would actually really like to like start whittling that down. Cause I think I'm, I think I'm consuming so much that it's influencing my work. Um, and that's something I, I try to stay away from. So mm. trying to, to consume a little bit less visual content, at least more like podcasts and, um, music and things like that. Um, but whenever I say becoming friends with myself, I, I think even further, at least in the place I'm at in this moment of this conversation, which could always change at some point, is that um, the, the person who lives in my head uh, is like my biggest hater versus me trying to like produce certain amounts of content. And so there are just countless moments that I find myself sitting down to like brainstorm content ideas or going out to shoot. And there's this voice in my head. that's like, no one cares about this. It's not original. You need to change it. You need to do this. You need to do that. Someone's not going to like this. And so um, I feel like I'm in a constant battle with myself as to what, like I'm trying to determine what the market wants to see from me. And that just shouldn't be the case. I should just make what I want to make and like the world can determine what to do with it. Um, and so that's, I think the biggest thing I'm working through is like, why does the voice in my head want to discredit everything I'm working on? And so that's sort of where I'm spending a lot of energy right now. And how does that work? I don't know. Like it's for me, I'm just like having a lot of conversations with myself in my head and I'm trying to sort of get down to the source of where that insecurity comes for me. And so that way I can uh, work through that and move on to being my own biggest fan in the work that I'm making. Mm, I, I like that. I think it's, uh, it's hard to sit with your thoughts. And I think that's something that this time in our lives has just forced us to to do to sit with our thoughts and I do I think it's very difficult to sort of drown out all of that negative uh negative noise um but I mean I, it, it's cool though I feel like you're on the right track of sort of discovering like more things that you like doing I would I would really encourage anyone to sort of take you up on that like discovering like things that you like doing that maybe you were floating around in the back of your head or maybe you didn't even know like that you liked doing you know i i think that's a, this is like one of the oddly like good times in our life to kind of do that since we are forced to sort of be and sit with ourselves you know but bonus points if that thing has nothing to do with your day job <laughs> it's important i mean especially like yeah i you know, yeah obviously i know like in I think, you know, there's been so many studies that like in the States we have 
the worst work-life balance of all time. And like, we're just glued to working 24 seven and that's baked into us. Mm -hmm. Um, But finding hobbies that will take you out of that work. And it's tough because I think like, um, I think it's, it's hard for some people and not as hard for other people. I have had the fortune to create like a, a work life and a career about something that I really love. Like I love photography. And so for a lot of people, like photography might be the hobby for them to escape their day job. Um, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm getting more interested in like history and things like that. So not only is it like I'm going to photograph at a place, but I also just like start exploring the history of that place, like things like that, that I'm trying to separate myself a little bit more from uh, having everything being connected to my work, which has become so like ingrained in my life, you know, just to kind of escape. Yeah, no, and I like, like you were saying, I imagine that is particularly like difficult for someone like yourself who like is a creative to sort of find like that, separation because you I mean obviously you love what you do and you're inspired to do it and motivated and that's sort of something I feel like I mean I don't want to speak for you but I feel you would definitely do even if you weren't getting paid for it in some yeah Uh, yeah well I and you were getting pretty close to time so I don't want to keep you too too much longer but um you know one of the things you kind of talked about a, a little bit earlier in the interview was you know getting the chance to talk with other great content creators or sort of, you know, some mentors, you know, and obviously you worked very closely with Gary. I guess I'd be curious if there's anything you've taken away from any of these other content creators that, you know, again, kind of on this theme of rebuilding, like where things have crumbled literally to the ground for someone and they've been able to sort of build back up or is there anything maybe that you've kind of taken from some of the interviews or people you've talked with that, you know, you've kind of implemented in your own life? Yeah, I think um, what I mean, I'm sure there's countless like little things that I've implemented into my life. But the the biggest thing that I think I've uh, connected with is that we oftentimes tend to put our our um, idols on these pedestals and think that they are, you know, inhuman and they can just, you know, do all these amazing things. And um, as I've had the opportunities to meet and talk with people who I idolized growing up and other creatives is that they're, they're all just humans. Like we're all, you know, we're all figuring this thing out and we all have the same 24 hours in the day. Um, and you know, when it comes to, I think rebuilding, it's, it's just one brick at a time. Like if you try and, uh, you know, rebuild the entire house, uh, overnight, it's never going to work. But if you say, all right, I just have to build one step today that makes it a little bit easier. There's um, a book that I have, you know, it sounds weird to say I credit my success to because I think I'm <laughs> a little young, uh, but um, it's called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And there's a chapter in it called The Process. I ended up getting the process tattooed on my arm over here. Um, and it is, it is the process of breaking things down into the simplest piece and just attacking that one thing. So um, Nick Saban, who is the, the football coach for Alabama, was kind of one of the people who really utilized the process. And he's like, don't worry about winning the most games in the season. Don't worry about winning this game. Don't worry about uh, this quarter. Worry about the one play that we're going to do right now. Just focus on that one thing. Um, and then you can expand outward. And I think that's something that I've recognized so many of my um my idols and mentors also do is that they, they just attack things piece by piece and work outwards from that. And if you can break things down into that really simple form, um, it makes it a little bit easier, I think, to, to rebuild and not get overwhelmed with the, pro- 
the process of a, or the project of building up something massive overnight. Mm. I guess lastly, like one thing I was, and, and I guess we've talked about a little bit, like sort of how it's changed, like the direction of like your work and your interest. But like, I think sometimes we can look at rebuilding as such like a, I don't know, like a negative thing. Like you failed or, or something's gone terribly wrong. So like we have to sort of like veer down this other course. But I also think maybe like that's where perspective comes in and you can sort of look at it in in this way where it's it's a, a positive. So I don't know, I'd love to kind of hear like your your thoughts of sort of like rebuilding or reinventing like the kind of work you do or who you are on, on the inside or, or, you know, talking about like a different perspective mentally has sort of actually been a good thing, not necessarily this like detrimental thing. 100%. I think that the building phase is, is the most fun. And we, we often, uh, I think, attach ourselves to a goal or something that needs to happen. Like, oh, I'll be good as soon as this happens. Or once I get to this point, then I'll, I'll be happy and I'll have all the money I need and yada, yada, yada. Um, versus the, the, the process of building whatever we're doing is usually where the most enjoyment and I think satisfaction comes from. I know that I've had a number of, of chapters in my life where I've I've like set certain goals in place. I'm like, all right, I have to do all this work. And whenever I do this, I'll get the thing. And then once I actually do it all and I get the thing, I realized I was happier the day before whenever I was working towards getting the thing. Um, mm. You know, I think that we have to, if you, if you learn how to, uh, if you learn how to enjoy the process of trying the thing you want versus just getting it and like, you know, living on an island forever and like the perfect situation, uh, you'll be more okay with, um, with the, the setbacks and the risking failure and things like that. I don't know. There's something oddly interesting about what if like, what if all of my social media got hacked and I had to start off at zero tomorrow? Like it would just be, I don't know, to me, that's kind of like, I mean, you know, knock on wood, like I (laughs) probably isn't the best thing for my life and career to happen right now, but um, it would, I I certainly wouldn't just be devastated by it. I'd be like, all right, uh, what do I want to change? What do I want to try new? Like there's so many new opportunities that get presented uh, whenever you have an opportunity to rebuild. And I think that's maybe um, a mental shift is instead of it being a detriment, it is an opportunity to try something new um, and to build a, a, a new thing. Mm, yeah, I, I love that. And I think that's so important for anyone, again, in this sort of like creative field, or just in life in general, to sort of think about, again, it's, it's just all about perspective. And it's going to take time to get to where you want. And don't set these sort of like, not unattainable, but like, not attainable in a couple weeks or a month or even a year kind of goals, if you don't want to like break it down. Yeah. And I think it's, it's where uh, starting from a place of like passion and enjoyment is valuable instead of doing things for money or because you think you'll get rich quick is that uh, it's a really long game. And if you do something you don't like, it's going to be way more painful than if you do something that you like. For me, like I've been really blessed in the opportunities that I have to make photos and videos for a living. And so that's something that, like you said, I mean, if you told me tomorrow I could never make another dollar from those, I would be a great Starbucks barista and then make videos on the weekend because it's just what I like to do, you know, mm-hmm. so making sure that you're attaching yourself to something that regardless of time and money and 
all the other crap that we like pack into our lives that you actually like doing it is really, really important. Mm. Thank you, Tyler. I am going to wrap us up here, but um, obviously, you know, uh, I just appreciate your time and your work and all the effort because, you know, I, I went to school for writing and filming whenever I talk about my work, but like, I feel like truly I've learned so much from the school of YouTube, you know, and it's, it's people like you and Peter McKinnon and, you know, Becky and Chris and all of these wonderful people who take all this extra time out to teach these skills. And I just want to take a moment to, to just say thank you. And I have a lot of gratitude for that. I've been able to, you know, really enhance my, my own work and even more so like your time is so valuable when you already have so many projects on your plate to do all of these extra things to help the masses. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, you probably don't hear it enough. So I just want to thank you from, for those who watch your work and everything that you teach us and, and sort of this community that you've built. Um, it feels very genuine and I'm just really grateful for your time and energy to put all that content out. So where, uh, where can people, you know, check out your work and your videos and, and photos, please. Yeah. Um, TylerBabin.com. If you pretty much just search Babin on any platform, I've just about secured Babin as a username on everything. So it's still a process, but, um, yeah, feel free to shoot me a message on, uh, on Instagram or you can email me at workwithbabin.com. I, you know, I really appreciate the kind words and I try and do everything I can to, in my, in my off, uh, in my off time, in my free moments, um, work with other creators and, things like that. So I'm always uh, down to try and give advice and help in whatever way I can.